0: This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald.
1: I'm Ramia Amazin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. Taxes. What is it called? TurboTax? The really popular program. Uh, whatever it was. Huh?
0: Still around, right?
1: Yeah, I think so. I, I, don't, don't, know. I, I don't pay I don't attention to
0: commercials, so I don't know.
1: <laughs> okay. Anyway, side note, but I tried it and it was successful. Like CRA didn't come back and say what the heck is this, so I guess it was fine for that year. They haven't got
0: around to you yet.
1: <laughs> Please stop. I don't want to think about them coming here the four years you later, maybe in a year knocking at and- <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> knocking on my inbox, being like, um, that tax you did that was unintelligible anyway but
0: but they would say to you it was admirable that you gave it a try appreciate the accessibility quote good efforts but you owe us 500
1: yeah right what no it's too late there's got to be a you know um what do you call that notwithstanding clause or something on this right where
0: oh no there isn't for taxes no (laughs) even if someone does it for you and makes a mistake it's still your fault Uh, Uh, line 1700 here
1: Talking about how ignorant we are and just telling everybody about it. But anyways, <laughs> all love, of that to say that I never went back to doing the taxes that way. I just went to my accountant after that. It was a lot of work.
0: Wasn't During willing to put it
1: in. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that's what your accountant says every time is Ci-ching. Yeah, exactly. Folks, let's chat about the world of wellness, folks. This is Health and Wellness with Francis Wong.
2: Hello, I'm Francis Wong, and I invite you to join me as we explore topics of health and wellness so that you can make the best choices for you to live an informed and radiant life.
0: Francis, some great conversations lately because we're learning so many different things. I want to jump into this because last year we talked a little bit about indoor air quality, which is a slight concern here when you consider how many hours we spend indoors, particularly during these winter months. One thing you touched on was indoor smells and fragrance, and we're going to get into that a little bit more today on the program.
2: Thanks, Kelly. Yes, if anyone wants to go back and listen to it again or catch it for the first time, it's episode 1494. As a refresher, a study published in the Journal of Exposure Science and Environmental Epidemiology in 2001 showed that about 87% of our time is spent inside buildings, 6% in enclosed vehicles, and then a measly 7% actually outside. So in addition to some of the other um, issues with indoor pollution that we talked about, fragrance is a big topic. Why? Because as humans, we like things to smell nice, but a lot of people have sensitivity to fragrances. If you get into your friend's car and start sneezing or getting a headache from their air freshener, you are not alone. Ann Steinman, a professor at the University of Melbourne, did several studies on fragrance sensitivities and found in one of her larger studies across four countries, including the U.S., that an average of 32% of adults said they had health issues as a result of exposure to consumer products with fragrances Mm. and that whether they're using the items themselves or were simply exposed to them. So we can see it's in our collective awareness a lot more uh, with workplaces, schools, and medical centers proclaiming themselves to be fragrance free.
1: Yes. Okay. So let's actually define, maybe break down what fragrance means so that we're on the same page we know what we're talking about.
2: Sure. So Um, The International Association of Fragrance, yes, of course, there is such an association. They define fragrance as a scent, typically a complex mixture of numerous volatile chemicals and other ingredients. A fragrance is generally intended to provide an aroma, to mask an odor, or both.
0: Okay. I I sit here and think when you mentioned they give the example of getting in a car a while ago, and I think... Wow, how many times, though, is is a fragrance bothersome to me because of the strength of it versus just it it itself? But we'll get to those things in a bit. Is there a difference between uh, fragrance sensitivities and allergies?
2: Yeah, so I think you can consider them to be along the same continuum. If someone is wearing a perfume or a hand lotion that bothers you, it can be considered a fragrance sensitivity. We're talking more than just not liking the scent. A fragrance sensitivity can trigger a range of reactions. Some of the commonly reported reactions to fragrances include skin problems like rashes or hives, respiratory issues like coughing or shortness of breath or even asthma attacks, numerological issues like dizziness, fainting or migraines, and nasal problems such as congestion and watery eyes. Fragrance allergies are similar to sensitivities, but worse it causes an overreaction of the immune system. So similar to how some people have a strong reaction to pollen, the fragrance triggers the body to release chemicals that cause allergy symptoms. And these can range from things like an itchy red rash and some of the other reactions I just mentioned for fragrance sensitivities. But on the more serious side, it can include anaphylaxis, where the person may experience chest pain or a rapid weak pulse, shortness of breath trouble swallowing, and even possibly vomiting. In such cases of severe reaction, you'd want to go to emergency. There's also something called MCS, which stands for multiple chemical sensitivities. It's a health condition where chemical and pollutant exposure from different products results in some of the same adverse reactions from a smell sensitivity. And getting back to fragrance free policies, another article by Steinman in the journal Building and Environment stated that the majority of the population that was surveyed preferred their environment to be fragrance free and would not go to certain places if they knew the exposure would make them feel ill or they would actually limit their time in a business that had fragrance products. And I can say for myself, that applies. Um, as I generally walk to the far side of the mall to avoid being overwhelmed by the Lush Cosmetics store, you probably mm. know the one that I'm talking yep. about, where you can smell their fragrance soaps and bath bombs from miles away. Mm. And not to discriminate, but for those who do love Lush, um, if you live in Vancouver, they just opened their first Lush spa on Robson Street. It's the first of its kind in Canada.
1: Ooh, Okay. Cool shout-out. Um, so I'm very curious because, you know, you're talking a lot about fragrance allergies, and I feel like now we hear a lot more, at least anecdotally, uh, and when we talk about fragrance-free environments too, about fragrance uh, sensitivities, right, where people are like, we we can't tolerate the actual sense, um, but the allergy part is really interesting to break down. So is there a difference between natural and synthetic fragrances that could contribute to people's allergies, I guess.
2: Yeah, so this is the perfect segue because I don't have the same repulsive response to the fragrances I smell when I walk by another body shop, Sage Natural Wellness. This is a health and wellness store that sells body care products like soaps and deodorants, along with essential oils and diffusers. They use 100% natural plant-based products. And I think that because it's natural that my body just doesn't get that same kind of reaction that I can get from synthetic fragrances. Synthetic fragrances, on the other hand, are made of materials such as alcohol and petrochemicals to recreate natural scents. And of course, the answer to the question why is it all comes down to the dollar. Synthetic fragrances are based on formulas, so it's easier to get that right consistency each time. It's less resource intensive and also much less expensive to make. And let's not forget about the fact that companies don't even have to disclose what ingredients they use in fragrances because it's considered a trade secret.
0: Wow. But isn't this why we have rules and regulations? Doesn't Health Canada require the labeling of, you know, with ingredients of those products?
2: While that is true for most things, Kelly, there are two important things that I will address. And one is that, as I mentioned, the industry claims that fragrances are trade secrets due to the intellectual effort required um, Uh, to create the fragrance uh, uh, compositions. uh, uh. And so um, trade secrets are necessary to protect their intellectual property. Because of this claim, many consumer product regulations, and this is globally, have specifically exempted fragrance from ingredient disclosure requirements. The second point that I think is even more eye-opening and concerning from my point of view is that not only do manufacturers not have to tell you what's in a fragrance, but the safety of these fragrance chemicals is not determined or monitored by any governmental agency worldwide. Yikes, wow. It is, yeah, it is up to the fragrance industry to self-regulate. So you heard that right. The International Fragrance Association, which is the association defining what a fragrance is, is responsible for fragrance safety. That's like the fox guarding the hen house.
0: Yeah. You bet. So wow.
2: Most yeah, so most of the science studies on fragrances also are done by manufacturers themselves and have never been published in
1: peer-reviewed scientific journals. So it truly is buyer beware. It's quite interesting because we're not just talking about fragrances perfumes, right? There's so much skincare mm-hmm. Involved in all this but uh, yet it's a very convoluted gray Area, so can you cover some of the products that may carry hidden fragrances that we're potentially overlooking because this is a lot of information to take in and uh, Comprehend
2: Definitely. Um, So a lot of these are household products that we don't necessarily even give a second thought to. So I mentioned air fresheners in cars earlier, but some people might be using air fresheners at home, like those Glade plugins and be mindful of scented candles because that also can have artificial scents. Some of the obvious ones are laundry detergents and dryer sheets. If you use those, that stuff gets washed into your clothing, pillowcases and bed sheets. Ask yourself, do you really want direct contact with those items all day long and all night long? I don't. And I know you mentioned cologne a couple of weeks ago when you were talking about skincare routines, Kelly, with Ramya, but unfortunately, perfumes and colognes also fall into this category. So can you recall a time where you've seen any ingredient labels on the bottles? Mm,
0: no, nope. uh, I, I don't no, think so. No.
1: Do you even <laughs> no, look no. for them or like get some no, fragrance?
0: I mean, you can ask and, and I'm sure get some, these are the nodes that we use to create <laughs> the smells, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, and that's about the most, but the things that we should, we, you know, I never hear them say about the carrier, like little plastic beads and so on. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah.
2: yeah. Um, so this Francis, is a good time to, oh, go ahead, sorry. Yes. I was just going to say that this is a good time to inventory the products that you have at home and then you can start looking at replacing them with cleaner products should you choose to do so.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, So if we do wanna use those fragrances, do you have some recommendations of what we could use?
2: Yeah, so I would suggest supporting businesses and brands that use natural fragrances like Sage Natural Wellness. If you really like a certain brand's product, but they don't disclose their ingredients, contact them and ask them for the fragrance chemicals list. If they do disclose the ingredients and you realize that they're toxic, let them know you'd love to purchase the same product if it was made using non-toxic chemicals. We have to let them know what we want so that they can make these kind of products. In the meantime, we can vote with our dollars and choose to use natural products that are good for us, the environment, and for those around us.
0: Yeah, a lot of people working hard to create, and I mean, you might even be lucky enough to stumble across something that is made more natural, that has a similar scent, or well, just say, "Look, I just don't want to do that. I don't want." Yeah,
1: it's something to, uh, you know, to have
0: something that's eh, yeah. And uh, you know, there are so many natural things that are made and potent enough if that's important to you, or or just give you that scent, and it's nothing like supporting local. But Francis. You know we'll hear the, oh, but the cost, but yet people will run out and spend massive amounts of money on the name brand. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true.
2: We're going to get into this a little bit more Um, next time we chat. We're going to talk a little bit more about um, essential oils and fragrances further. So if people want to go the natural route and and understand why we'd want to go that way, uh, we'll be discussing that.
1: Yeah, it's a bit of a fad, right? Like nowadays, you're hearing more about people who um, make their own products, sell their own products, talk about natural fragrances only, natural ingredients only. And it's, as you said, we can start paying more attention to it because it's kind of... Uh, more in our awareness now than before, especially with fragrance-free environments. And a lot of us, if it's our our first time hearing about that, we want to be exposed to why that is. But still, I think a lot of us just take it as like a blanket um, concept of, oh, people don't like strong smells, and we don't think of it outside of that. There's a lot of detail that we talked about today, Francis. that is way Mm -hmm. beyond just the smells um, being too much. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, yeah, and how you're going to get it. if you're someone who loves the spritz, put your perfume or cologne on. Are you going to find it in that natural product, Francis? Wonderful. Look forward to the future conversations on this. Thank you. Francis Wong joins us biweekly to talk wellness. Uh, we do this opposite our nutrition segment with Julia Caranchis.
1: Canada's uh, accessibility officer, Stephanie Cadu, just released her first report. It's called Everyone's Business, and it highlights the strides that we've made for a barrier-free Canada. So we're going to talk about where we are now, how far we still have to go, of course, and that's all after the break on Kelly and Ramya.
0: Keep it here for more of Kelly and Ramya on AMI-tv.